Welcome to Earth School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life, hosted by Rosalind McNally and Bibi Dalman. This week we're talking about true nature. Welcome back, everybody, and a big warm welcome to you, Rosalina, as well. Um, we are diving into the topic of, you know, what does it mean, the expression of true nature? What is it? How does it showcase itself? Why is it even important on the healing journey? So to start us off, I, I'd love to hear just from years of experience um, and just working with this idea, where does this, where does this tr- concept of true nature, where does it sit within you? You know, what does it mean to you, Rosie? Um, so let me see. True nature. Well, if you think of it from the perspective of the healing journey, sometimes when we are on that healing journey, we think we're maybe meant to become somebody else or we think we want to be like somebody else. Um, but we're, remembering who we truly are so for me it's like the healing journey isn't about you know like sort of making myself better or like nearly like you're like one of these wee transformers you're adding all these extra parts to yourself sort of thing it's more about you're removing the layers to actually see who you really are because we came in as our true self we came in with our true nature even though we may have come in with all our conditioning around aspects of ourselves it doesn't matter but we came in as ourselves but then throughout life we sort of stick on these other little aspects or we learn to what it might mean to be safe in the world or to keep ourselves safe and play that role so we sort of put on all these different faces roles and stories and live according to them but then we move further away from our true self or we see it outside of ourself. So my true self is my higher self, which a lot of us will see as upstairs away outside of me or it's source or it's from the heavens. And the thing I like when I first started learning all healing work, it was all that, all about that. And it just never resonated with me. Just now ne- I was like, oh, but once again, that's something else that is outside of me. You know, I'm like going, so like you're trying to aim then for this thing that is possibly non-achievable whatsoever. And then when I started learning about true self, true nature, I was like, that is what resonated in my whole body. I was like, that's it, that we are already are it. We have just totally forgotten. Don't know how to come back to it. Don't know how to reveal it. Don't know how to maybe even be with it. Don't know how to maybe tend to grow it. Um, maybe don't know how to lift the dirty laundry off it. Um, so for me, it's such an important aspect to remember that it's in a slick, you know, like, and even in different, throughout different things I've learned throughout the years, like in Reiki, it's always about the true self. And then in, in shamanic work, we'll chat about the true self, but we'll also chat about the inner self. So once again, it's reminding you it's in you, like, and to me, that's the most important thing. Like, so it's who we truly are beneath everything else and to remember that no matter what is going on in our lives I think gives us sort of place of sort of hope but of you know this anchoring point a place I can come back to but to know that it's within my power to be able to grow this within me like versus oh I have to go to or I have to go outside of myself to find that power 
What about you, BB? That's that's gorgeous. Um, I mean, coming from the yoga tradition, when we look at the the koshas, the layers of how the philosophy in yoga and the subtle anatomy is sort of looked at, it's this idea of often this idea of this image of an onion. You know, there there are layers that you know we're on the further outest layer is our physical body. You know, that's what we perceive. That's what we can touch. That's most tangible. But at the very core is this bliss bond body, this Ananda Maya Kosha. And so that's always present. It's it's always there. And really all the practices are actually there to um, reconnect and to remember that that's there. And the work then is to, in a way, clear the lenses, clear the layers, allow the different layers all the different bodies, our physical body, our mental body, our emotional body, you know, our spiritual body, and so on, um, to to allow them to, to clear and cleanse them regularly because that's just part of life. You know, things get sometimes stuck. It's the way we brush our teeth, we get rid of it. But then also to allow those those different layers to interact with one another so that information can both flow outwards and inwards. And so that the idea of our bliss body, that that light that's within us can actually manifest and come to the surface and show through our actions, through our vitality, how, you know, the most mundane thing, our skin tone, our, like the fire in our eyes, but also how we, how we speak. Um, and then retrospectively, the experience that we have here in this physical world then can travel through all those layers and reconnect back into that bliss body. Um, but another way of framing of this concept um that i've actually learned through through astrology which i think is beautiful so when we look at at the natal charts or the chart that is being cast based on your birth time date and place indicates where the different planets were in the sky in what elements they were in what zodiac sign they were uh, at the time of birth and also which houses um, but a, one way of looking at that is like what you're essentially looking at for those who've seen someone's chart or your own natal chart. It's quite stunning and it's in a way geometric and it's complex and yet simple. But the idea really is to to look at that, that at the point of our birth, we were born into this particular blend of energetics and that moment gets to live in us in seed form. And so then we have our entire life to really unpack the potentialities, the dynamics that are living within us and learning to both learning to 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 drive the car, to to manifest this physical machine that we've been brought into this organism, um, to articulate it and nuance it in the world, but also to to remember, you know, aspects of ourselves. So this idea of 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 using our entire lifetime with the experiences that unfold outside of ourselves and within ourselves to get to know ourselves better. I just think it is, is to me, that's a, a beautiful analogy. This is a beautiful way of looking at coming back into your true nature. So it's both, it's remembering, but also discovering in an, in a, in a new, in a particular way. Um, yeah. And maybe that goes hand in hand with, with an analogy I used for years in retreats. It's this idea of, you know, when we come into life, we're actually this beautiful castle. And then as we go in through through the early stages of life, people comment and we invite everyone into this ca castle and people comment about, you know, this room is too big. This room is too pink. This room is too fluffy. What is going on in this room? You don't even need all those rooms. And so 
because we're very impressionable at a young age, we begin to close off all these rooms so that we're being accepted, we feel safe by people are in for, for various reasons. And over time, we actually end up in this one-bedroom apartment within this big castle, and we forget the castle that we actually are. And so then there comes a turning point in our life where we look around, we go, there's no space, I need more, I need this, I need, you know, and rightly so, because there's an aspect of ourselves where we remember our own true nature and it becomes then very similar to the way we look at it in astrology, this unraveling and opening doors and going, oh, whoa, cobwebs in there, what's in here? And so rediscovering ourselves in, in, in a way. So again, very much like what you said, it's not necessarily discovering a new version, something that's out in the head of yourself, something that's different to yourself, but really actually seeing, seeing the beauty you never saw in yourself before, the potential that you never saw in yourself before. Um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's super empowering to me to think of, of finding your true nature in that way. You know, it's already there. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, we become a version of ourselves that we think is acceptable to the world around us or allows us, you know, to create the version of ourselves of who we need to be just to survive in the world and to maybe move through it. But then we, I like to think we all get to a stage where maybe we go, this isn't working anymore. Like, do you know, like for us to actually live like the path that our soul wants us to live, those kind of constraints and those little sort of ropes that we have placed around ourselves just can't stay there anymore because they're the things that hold us back. So by becoming, by working sort of with the things that we've placed on top of ourselves, the things like, you know, or the ways we think, the way, the patterns, the behaviors, the conditioning, the ancestral stuff, then when we start working within the different realms that maybe call us, that we begin to take off gently and bit by bit those ropes. Like, as I often say in class, we don't need them all to drop away in the first day of learning or first thing ever, like, or even our 50th year of learning something. But every little bit that you take off or even one little cord, you just sort of snip a little bit makes a massive difference to the energy that you hold, the capacity that you're able to enter into life with, the vitality that you have for yourself and life as well. So to me, it's like, you know, you're reclaiming parts of yourself all the time and you're retrieving those parts and you're through healing, you're growing in your power so you can keep doing the work then as well. Like, but like when you taste, that's, you know, like when, you often joke, um, you know, when you start off on the healing path and all there, like, and then people go, oh, that, oh my God, this is actually work. Like, you mean, you mean like, I thought, I thought like, if I just did yoga, I'd be enlightened. I thought if I learned Reiki, that would be, I'd be done by now. I thought if I, you know, if I did my ayahuasca there once, I should like be ascended, you know, and then it's the realization, oh my God, this is a life's work. And it's that part then, like it's, you know, people go, I wish I never found this. I'm just going to go back. I'm going to go back to normal. But you can't because there's a part of you that has tasted the true nature and it just won't go to sleep anymore. Like, and that's why people may, in a sense, drop away for a period. And I see that in teaching out there. People come go, it's 30 years since I've learned X, Y, Z, and now I'm ready. You know, I'm like, perfect timing you know, versus all people are sitting going, I wish I had a found this 30 years ago. You weren't ready. Like, you know, when I go, the version of you then, what, what would they have said sitting in this classroom? Like, 
it's full of crap like you know where else they're ready so when you taste that part you can't sort of go back to normal in a sense it's the part then that drives but not in a forceful you're missing out you need to but ask and come on there's there's more of you to be found like mm. there's more of you there's more parts of you that you've just forgotten like and I think that's even if you think of inner child work or something I'd often give it to people to do get a wee picture of themselves when they were young like because that will that will show you what you've lost in a sense because most people are like oh no I can't no I don't like looking you know because it'll bring up either like it could bring up trauma stuff triggering stuff so it's always at your own pace but it can bring up to god that part of me was so innocent or that part of me was so fun that part of me just loved sitting you know down at the beach doing whatever that part of me loved running that part of me loved drawing whatever it is so it's the the remembering of the true nature enjoys those things mm. and not the running after sometimes off the next big shiny object mm. yeah and I think it's so to me it's really important to contextualize it in a way that we haven't done anything wrong you know, and as a result, this idea of sin, and then we need to peel off the layers and clear up. We were never intended to figure out whatever we're figuring out right now, 10 years ago. It, that, that was never in our life curriculum, in that script. We all learn and grow so uniquely. And I'm, I'm seeing that in astrology, every chart I read, every person I, I speak to, the growth is just so, so unique to each and every one of us. And when these triggers come around, these these aspects that are being made from as planets transiting our, our birth chart, like these portals that are opening, it's like, no, now it's ripe, you know? So sometimes, you know, when you speak of that person that, you know, there was maybe an opening and they got a sniff of Reiki or they got a sniff of, you know, into yoga and then they were not necessarily meant to linearly grow that over the next 30 years. And sometimes we just have to get of our own back and of each other's backs in that way. That is sometimes you need to sniff something and then not focus on it it works in the background you know nothing is ever lost in that way and so when you're coming back 30 years most likely i would assume there's another transit that's happening for you where there's a timed growth opportunity that opens up for you to understand something deeper that you wouldn't understand on such a deep level if you had not stepped away for the 30 years for that particular person now for some other somebody else it is the 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 growth is right in there and staying with it in 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 a consecutive way over the years you know so i think the the idea that we're too late or we've done something wrong or and we need to make up for it now we're a bad person i don't think that ever is helpful in a way to to grow into that and it just it just perpetuates this chase of something external because if you've done something wrong and now you now you really you really see how bad you are and that's the result of doing some spiritual work hell yeah i wouldn't want to dive into more of me either you know of course we're going outside of ourselves and, and and finding maybe someone else to project onto because this is just this is just too heavy too hard and and that's where to me this idea of you mentioned it's a lifetime's work yeah and potentially it's even <laughs> goes beyond a lifetime's work you know this idea that we're not too late and we most likely aren't done polishing at the end of our, our lifetime because it's it's always there's always an opportunity and that's the beauty of being alive there's always a more nuanced way 
that you can express something. There's always more understanding. There's always more love you can find within yourself. There's always, there's infinite potential to to grow, expand, and and bring your energetics, bring your aliveness, bring your ideas into this world. Um, the physical practice shows it's so clearly as you know when you start out and we practice and. Is that with this seemingly simple, straightforward postures, and then you can't wait to get to the more complex postures. And the longer you're around with it, you kind of realize in your progression to the more complex postures, so many things start shifting in your body that when you go back to the basics, the basics feels com- feel completely different. You have these revelations. You're like, oh my god, if I knew that 20 years ago, no, no, no. It's you needed to go through this process and then come back. And so oftentimes you come back and simplify again. But we go on a deeper level and so to me that is really the work of 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 true nature coming back home to ourselves uh in ever more nuanced conscious ways rather than going i need to find my true nature hold on to the true nature as early in my life as i possibly can so then i can live through the rest of my life with with this true nature whatever that is um that just never never works so it's it's the idea of the unfolding of uh, and staying curious with like what what's out there you know because in this particular version of yourself you've never met the world in this particular way so that just opens so much so much potential up mm-hmm. it's like the, the idea that you know if i find my true nature earlier then i i've won the game you know and then therefore it feeds back into the old sort of the old loop and the old paradigm ass and then my life will be easier mm. and then i'll get you know the next steps like rather than surrendering to the mystery of life. Like, yeah. and even if I find my nature this week, it does not guarantee that my life is going to be an upward sailing journey after that there, because there's always more to find. Like your true nature is not static. Yeah. And there is this, this, this sense of, you know, we talk in yoga about Kundalini rising and the, the rising of consciousness. And there is this raise to it. If I start earlier in my life and I've practiced enough meditation, you know, I'm going to arrive at Samadhi, you know, maybe when I'm 22, like there's this, this, this idea that the rush, but really, um, and a lot of the study in astrology has actually shown me that, um, there are these, these specific portals as we go through life um they're they're slightly different for each and every one of us but they're in around the same age group uh, in about 30s so saturn return around our early 40s you know uranus opposition chiron returns in our early 50s and what they really are there are cyclical experiences something has come full circle and these are sort of three massive shifts that we go through as a human being and they're coordinated with a rise in, in essentially our life force in, in kundalini running running through us um, and they require all the specific and unique experience we've gone through in the lead up to that so if we are forcing through yogic or other practices kundalini coming up our system isn't actually ready to handle that so there is such a thing as cosmic divine timing that every experience you have in a way is is a prepara- preparation for that next stage and and the beauty is in astrology we can we can hone in and we can get the dates and the months pretty 
pretty accurately in terms of when there is sort of these shifts are happening. And so you can consciously prepare for them a couple of years in advance and then you can work through them consciously and you can integrate them afterwards with all those practices that we always talk about in, you know, whether it's shamanic healing, whether it's Reiki, whether it's with yoga practice or any of the spiritual practices um, uh, with it. So it's this combination of having the skills and the tools and the understanding, but also appreciating that there is a sense of timing there that is not there to hold us back in any way, but really so when we come to these moments, these are like these massive rite of passages. These are really a maturation process. We're growing into truly a more fuller expression of ourselves if we're willing to engage with the topics that are coming up um, in that way. So there is really, it's really important to understand that there is no rush into your true nature. Um, and to me, that understanding gives then more more importance to the moment, right? What's there in front of me? And that has value. And I need to pay attention to what's going on in front of me and inside of me at that moment. And then the next moment, the next moment, rather than trying to fast forward the spiritual journey, because you can't really do it. Yeah, totally. Like it has its own timing, like, and it ties into so many of the other themes we've discussed, like, do you know, like the rites of passages, initiations, seeing the beauty in it, do you know, like the cycles, everything we've talked about to date is all part of learning to be in our true nature, like and ways to access that there and grow it from within us. But like, it's kind of like that life purpose thing. Like, you know, I'm on the rush to find my life purpose. And it's like, but where you are at this minute, is it? Mm. So it's the same with my true nature, where I am in this minute, is it? This is the expression of my true nature that I'm able and capable of meeting at this time. And it may be different in a week's time or a month's time or a year's time. And it's also like, you know, the astrological cycles and all there, like they provide the container there. But even if I am prepping three years in advance for that, I can't guarantee how I'm going to meet what's going to happen because it will not tell me this is when you're going to lose your job. This is when your partner is going to, you know, have an affair. This is when somebody will pass away. It won't tell you any, know that pinpoint on the whatever, like exactly, but like I have the information available to me and I can prep myself, but who knows in that moment how I will react. And that's not then to judge ourselves on that, but I just think it's, it's still also open to the mystery of life, like, which I think is brilliant because it means we don't get to, you know, have certainty over anything, like over everything. Even if we think we know everything about, you know, how to move through life, We'll, we'll still get curveballs thrown at us, like, mm. which I think is really important to remember that, that this isn't a race and it's not going to get us anywhere, but that each little building block does have its place. Like, yeah. you know, like I can't go to the roof without the foundations and the walls. And to me, it, it, it organizes our responsibility, gives a framework to responsibility. Our responsibility is how we meet the moment how we meet what's inside of us and what's outside of us and begin to negotiate that and begin to weave that into one another. What is not my responsibility is actually overall the the timing and the incidents that create the growth for me in life. These are, there are greater cycles that it, it's like, you know, you can't, you can't, 
on a positive note, you know, you can't surprise yourself in terms of your birthday present. <laughs> Do you know, there needs to be a level of, you know, your birthday is coming up. But if you knew that you get a surprise from your friends, then that wouldn't be a surprise anymore. And that would take away the joy and the possibility of, of that surprise. And the same goes with difficult situations in that way, you know. So it is, I think, those turning moments and they're never just one moment. It's usually usually a culmination of situation that then boil up to 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 something um the essence of it is that we're going through the experience and really that is what all the practices are there for they're preparing us so we're going through it but that doesn't mean that you know just because we've practiced yoga for 20 years that we navigating this particular difficulty with much grace you know and 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 that's not necessarily the purpose because as we go on through life we always and, and we know that in the physical practice because we will always need postures as we go into postures that which is changed or which challenged us is not challenging us anymore so we will need to grow into another posture so we have that experience of being in an environment where we're challenged that we were soothing us at some point is not soothing us anymore so we need to create a new posture new system environment that soothes us so that eventually as we go on through life we continuously have environments that soothe us that keep us safe and that help us to expand and challenge us and it's the same for those for 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 life in 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 general beyond the yoga mat you know there will always no matter how long we've we've engaged in spiritual practices there will be always situations hopefully that challenge us deeply because that is the only environment where we get to grow into how we hold ourselves in those environments that shows an indication of as we progressively grow deeper into into connectedness with our true nature you know how much we are willing to contextualize the situation and oh okay this is the deep mud we're walking through or oh my god that's the beauty i'm taking all of that and that's our choice how we're engaging with it but to take away to some extent in a healthy way the the responsibility the weightiness of you know really having to be in control of every aspect of your life i mean that's why we have also teachers because we can't in a way you know even if you think of a school system we can't teach ourselves maths we need somebody that sees the greater potential within ourselves. That's why we need yoga teachers, because hopefully the person that is in the room and guiding you through a practice, they see your potential. They don't just see your dodgy knee and, you know, uh, the difficulty you have in holding plank. Hopefully they see your true nature. And hopefully they hold a space for you because they believe in you and they can see that, that that you get to taste some of that. I mean, that that's where we need teachers, mentors, guides, friends, yeah, the same on the healing, like, you know, when I teach the healing, um, it goes into the positive and negative and all there, like, but I would, I always just say to people, like, oh, if you're walking into room and I'm the therapist, would you like me looking at you and thinking, Jesus, you're a lot of crap there and you're a little bit broken, you need a bit of fixing. I go, would you like to be held in that vibration? Like, would you like to be supported from that space versus walking into room and somebody can see the true nature see your great bright light but they're also in there so they can help you to see that yourself then as well like mm. so it can be reflected to you rather than sort of being held at the end of the, the different end of the scale like where it's just like oh you're broke you need fixing it's like we're not broke we don't need fixing like but we've just forgotten that we have this light within us mm. and if i can remember i have that how does that I see it in Reiki initiations and Reiki classes and all there. Just that, because Reiki is a lot, sort of, will be taught a lot about it. It's something you channel, like, so it's someone coming outside of you. 
Well, for me, it's always it's something inside of you because Ricky, when you go back to sort of core translations, means true self. Do you know, like, so you're coming back to your true self or like one of the symbols means great bright light. It's not going the great bright light in the sky. It's going that great bright light in you. So when you practice, you're coming back to that, tending to it, releasing the fear, the worry, all the things that are sitting on top of it so that you can experience it more like, and I think in healing work, it's so important that when we meet people, that we meet them from that space, like mm. as an, I see like in the highest sense, I see the divine in you, like, do you know, like, yeah, I see. And it's not to dismiss the stories and the stuff and the pain and the hurt, because that's what they're there for, but that you don't have to go to them. Oh, I see your great bright light. The rest of the stuff, sure. Just forget about that. Mm-hmm. It's more like I can be in that space and see it even if they can't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that is, that is that's so important to keep that in mind i think even the more the more punctually you work uh, as a healer as a teacher the more important is it that you keep that that wider perspective as in and vice versa so this idea that i can from an anatomical point of view understand why you have pain in your knee i can see it physically in your your alignment Uh, i can see it energetically in 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 your attitude in the tension that runs through your system you can see it in all those layers Um, and in this moment i feel giving you physical alignment cues is the most appropriate way because i sense that that's that's where you can connect and that's where you feel most, most tangible so i can teach a full class that is very much anatomy based alignment based very physical in the body based um but being able to see that that person in front of me is not broken is, is, is crucial because the moment you as a teacher, as a healer, start to believe that you take that possibility away from the student because we usually go to, to healers, yoga teachers and have these experiences because in that moment where we are in life, we can't see it for ourselves. So first and foremost, noticing to see that but then you can work with someone you don't ever need to depending on what environment you're working in if you're teaching physical yoga practice you don't have to mention any of the energetics at all that can go in, in just in your awareness and you can and go okay there's like your thigh bone needs a deeper internal rotation your groins need to deepen a little bit you know this needs to happen in your foot bones and then that spirals up through your spine you can articulate that in a purely purely tangible tangible way um but that you're holding that greater scheme of seeing the true nature in the person is 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 massively important. And what you mentioned earlier on, it is that it ripples back because when we practice and when we get to see and hold that space for our students, what it really offers you is you, you get to see in another human being their true nature, you get to see their joy and get to see the difficulty all in that one moment. And in time, that makes it easier for you to see it if you have a teacher or someone that can hold that space for you. So it is that we're teaching our students and our students are teaching us, but I don't feel it is appropriate to wait 
for that understanding within us of true nature when we're in a teaching capacity. We have to do enough of our own work to 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 understand those concepts. So then when we work in with our students, we can already hold them. It doesn't need to be like our, it's not our students responsibility to convince us of that true nature exists. And that's what's there and then retrofit. So there is, yes, this back and forth. We learn from our students and our students learn from us. But as teachers, I think there's that responsibility. And I think that's why in ancient time, they must always ask for for a certain level of maturity, I suppose, when someone who is stepping into into a healer function or into a, a teacher or a guiding function, purely for the reason that when we have exposed ourselves to some of those practices and those experiences, and when we've been in life for a little while, there are certain experiences we most likely had to digest. And as a result, out of that, our understanding, our wisdom body grows and from that place. We can hold students in a different different way. It's not necessarily that you can necessarily have to be able to do circus-like acts in your yoga practice, but it's really as a human being having had enough ups and downs that you've seen your light, your shadow, that you've seen your resistance and you know your, your, your joy or your attachment to certain things and that you can see throughout all the ups and downs that is something like a constant that swings with you, like a true nature. We might not always grasp it, but I think that's really important to do that work first. Or if you're already teaching, to really spend some time connecting to that. And if you don't get it for yourself all the time, that's okay. But to have a concept, to have the willingness to work with that concept um, before you really teach your students. It's like the holding up the space. The question is, you know, what is my intention behind this here do you know like is it to you know what is the what is the intention behind the work that I'm doing like do you know when when people come in do I see them as like if that knee fits into that place or if they go out with this tool better is that it done like whereas in the bigger sort of perspective it's just like well sometimes all these things that are happening to us are part of something else going on in our lives like or part of a bigger cycle or just part of us navigating and learning through life like so it's like rather than trying to fix something it's like you know sometimes that's just part of it do you know, like rather than get rid of move this along can we just like you know stop me thinking about this or stop me considering this option that it's like well that's part of your journey like is that part's being awakened or that part needs to be looked at and we're not going to fix it or doing with it we're actually maybe going to actually just be with it and see what it's there for like Mm -hmm. but I think working in the field is really important to see how do I view people when they come in either one-to-one or in groups do you like what what is the energy that I'm holding them in like am I expecting something from them or can you know because then I'm projecting onto them if they're not smiling and they're not if they're not telling me they felt their great bright light, then they haven't felt it. Do you know, like whatever else I'm projecting onto them or else it's learning that it, everybody will have their own unique perspective or own unique experience that they need to have at that time, like, which is the unfolding of their own healing journey. Like, and for some people, it could be, they could be at your class you know, and they could be there once or they could be there every week and they'll never say anything. And then it could be 20 years later, you get an email like, do you know, like, and that's happened to me. I was 10 years after I was working in the field, a girl who came to me after one session and she said that was it, like, you know, life was different. And it was just like, wow. And I know that version of me back then would have been like, oh God, I must have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's really interesting to see the shift and changes then. Like, mm-hmm. 
and the beauty as well is like when you when you work with a group of students or individuals for a long time you begin to see how true nature expresses itself so differently through every human being and hopefully as a teacher as a healing healer it gives you a, a concept that we're so alike and we're so different at the same time and this gets us to this this journey that in a way that to grow into when we talk about yoga meaning actually union and the oneness not just from body mind and soul but you know this idea that what you're experiencing you feeling is part of me and what i'm feeling is part of you on a higher level you know this idea that we're all one humanity we're all expression we're all life we're all part of, of that so there is eventually this funneling together into oneness but on the way to oneness we can't rush that we have to actually tap into how unique we are so that's not to say that we have to you know fake it and be very extravagant or you know come up with ways because believe me everyone is so unique and when you look at from an astrological point when we look at the chart it is you can see it visually uh that we're all such unique snowflakes and based on that there is a certain uniqueness and yes there's a sameness and to me when we talk about you know finding your true nature it is like acknowledging and allowing those parts of you you know anytime you go oh jesus i wish i was just like everyone else and to step over time slowly into like now that's just my odd self because the person that you think is like everyone else and if it isn't so beautiful i have exactly that same they go maybe in a different area of their life but they go oh, i wish you know everyone else seems to have figured it out i wish i could just be and think and feel like that other person or i could have relationships the way they have it and so it is really empowering into the self again it is like true nature finding and acknowledging and allowing your own ways to come forward um which then by us all acknowledging our own uniqueness we actually see how alike we are but we can't bypass that so the more we're trying to funnel into this 10 steps you know to happiness and the the five top steps to to a fast a deeper meditation practice and you know you, you fill in the practices what usually happens they're 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 good first steps to to practice into it but what i found by talking to people nobody feels quite heard not we don't quite fit into any of those shapes you know and so it gives all of us collectively that feeling that uh, again see it seems to work for everyone i don't fit and so much of the true nature work is really to see that you are fitting you're fitting yourself and you're fitting into life and you need it here in your full expression the messy parts and the beautiful parts the whole lot and as that it makes the texture of life way richer for all of us yeah it's like we're all little dots on the world and nobody else can take that place like but if we're all trying to be the same and sound the same and say the same thing then it's just not the same rhythm that's being played it's kind of like everybody in the orchestra is just playing the one note and nobody's allowed to change the notes to create this beautiful harmony or else mm -hmm. I, for me that's what we're learning is that like who i am and how i am is an expression of myself which will be different from somebody else and isn't that amazing that they get to be their expression of themselves i don't have to be like them they don't have to be like me and I may need to sit with allowing myself to be me at the same time mm. because we may have a lot of conditioning around what, what we are what we should be but I just think it, it allows a different music to be played like mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's it, it's so funny when you said it, the image that came to mind a good few years ago with Jody and I. We we got uh, we've been gifted ukuleles, and uh, neither of us had a clue how to how to play them. Neither of us has ever played like a string instrument and had any idea. But we were, the, the ukuleles, the two ukuleles, came with a tuner. So it's like, okay, how far can you go? You know, how wrong can this possibly go? So we're just tuning away. <laughs> And I've actually tuned every single string to the same note because <laughs> I somehow thought of me, you know, not even really thinking about it. I was like, okay, I'll get this to a C and get this to a C, get this to a C. And like, I was trying to play. I was like, this does not sound like a like, YouTube, you know, um, uh, simple songs. I wasn't even dreaming of YouTubing or like, you know, uh, Googling in a way how to tune your ukulele. <laughs> but just so much, like, you know, it just sounded horrendous because all the strings sounded the same. So, um, so just goes into into that idea of you know how much we oftentimes try to be the same and it just doesn't actually sound it's the it's the harmonies that that create and sometimes the disharmonies as well so to finding more room for our true nature rather than having to be and it's you know we have our entire life to to grow into that so um just to finish out on this on a practical note um what do you think where's a good way to start to connect I would suggest where do you feel most like yourself you know like where maybe it could be a place out in nature it could be sitting in your bath it could be writing you know journaling it could be any little simple thing could be cooking being with the kids but where do you feel most like yourself and how often do you allow yourself to be in that space and can you allow yourself to be there a little bit more like is what i think is to stay dip into that because it's allowing you to because i think when we're access and be more in our true nature we're sometimes more in that timelessness space Mm -hmm. where you know like you go god my god three hours is gone and there's other days where you're maybe doing work stuff or writing emails or doing something at money and you're like, oh my God, this is going on forever. Mm-hmm. So where do you lose time? Do you know, asking where do I might be doing something? I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I spent all day doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and allow yourself to tap into that there and then see what is it in that space that is uh, like, in, what is it invoking in you? What's growing in you? And how can you bring that to other parts of your day or how can you carry that with you? And even be noticing where in the body it is like, and can I take that with me rather than thinking I can only have that on those days or in those places at certain times when I'm allowed or when I've done everything else that I can be there. That's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, for those of you who are practicing yoga, I think Shavasana is a beautiful place to start. Um, and just noticing the difference that not that much in your life has really changed in terms of difficulties and circumstances between the beginning and the end of your practice. But when you're lying there, our perception is different and we are different. That's the only thing that has changed in that time, how we, we are at home in ourselves. So to really sit in Shavasana and trying to get as much as possible out of the head and into actually a felt sense how are you in your body in that in that space and time? And then similarly, so that's sort of an, a 
passive side as in we're not really doing anything because you're just lying on the floor the other thing is where i feel you can get into your true nature is through the concept of of flow you know this idea where for example you might be knitting and you're totally absorbed again the state of flow is that idea of timelessness because you're involved in some something in that case uh that just totally consumes you in the best possible way and it evokes invokes every kind of capacity within you so you know you might be cooking you might be knitting you might be can happen going for a run as well it's but it's a different kind of run it's not the run where you're you know trying to beat your last your last time it's the run where you kind of forget that you're running you might be listening to music maybe not but you're just in the zone um it doesn't matter what it is you're doing but again observe just how are you in your body and then you have two good snapshots one where you're actually still and one where you are involved in life um, and see if there are commonalities. And then again, let, the, let it ripple from there on into other parts of your life and you do and other things and just notice when you come off that feeling, that sort of center or that sense of being at home. Yeah, beautiful. So thank you everybody for, for listening and thank you, Rosalind, for uh, that beautiful conversation again. Always so enjoy speaking to you. Um, if you're listening, uh, we'd love to welcome you back, uh, next week in the next podcast. Um, but I also know that if you have any questions, if anything comes up that you want to reach out and get in contact with, please do so. We'd love to hear from you. And so until then, lots of love and see you soon. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Earth School podcast hosted by Rosie McNally and BB Down. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdalman.com and thethirstysoul.com. Thank you.